gotta step it up. <laughs> Whoa, what just so happened? So when I do go, on go, everyone snap. I just lost you, I can't hear you. Yeah, me either, there's a train. Oh. Uh. Oh yeah, that's my train. <laughs> that was so loud. Podcast of the Ramblings of Beef and Slim. This is Slim, also known as Kyle Cuckleman. I am Father Adam, aka Beef. And I am the rambling ampersand, Mr. Kevin Bailey. I don't I don't even know who I am anymore. Amp I man. Give up. You were like a superhero. <laughs> well, we are coming to you via the interweb today. We are trying a new system because Father decided to move out to the boonies. Uh, we call it obedience. It you call it the what? We call it obedience. <laughs> obedience. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome that I'm out here. These people are awesome. It's not that I'm upset about it. I'm just saying it's not my choice. It's obedience. Well, I'm still going to blame you for it. I think he secretly wants to be out there. Yeah. He's allowed there- to have his trains and play with them. Oh, no. I'm, I'm tired of the train. I want the train to explode. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'm oh, so now of. you're a terrorist. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to do it. And I don't want anybody to get hurt, but if it got rerouted, I would not be upset. <laughs> hey, Kevin, you know, I just realized when this podcast comes out, Father would have worn his pink robe. Ooh, he will have worn you, his pink robe. I hate you so much. <laughs> so, so much. Rose. It's, it's rose. beautiful, guys. Last time uh, we went out to eat afterwards. And we sit down, and it's like he was just, like, setting me up for a spike. And he goes, why did my eyes go straight to the fruit margaritas? And I was like, because you wear pink. <laughs> it, was, it was too perfect. I loved it. I gotta so help how's out my that been going for you guys so far? Crazy. Yeah? Give know. us a little taste, Father. No, it's just different. Being in a different place, it's hard to get into uh, the full spirit of it. Um, but it's—I mean—it's been good. I'm trying to figure out the local customs, the little things that they do, which is not very much. Um, but it's been good. My, especially good. at the Sunday masses, it's, ver- it's felt much more like Advent than it has in years past. I don't know why. Why is that? I have no idea. I wish I did know. Huh? But I don't. What about you, Kev? How's Advent going? Um. You know, it's been pretty chill. I don't know that anything crazy's been going on. Um, I'm trying to reflect on it. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing bad to say. Nothing good to say. Just kind of cruising. Yeah. So, Kev, I'm just gonna set you up for something. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all right? I'm I'm open. Because we don't really have an open. Like, I don't know, really know what we're talking about this week. Father, do you? Jesus. Well, besides Jesus. I don't know. So, Joy. Kevin, if you were to talk about one thing on a podcast, what's the one thing you would talk about? Oh, man. 
That's such a loaded question. Um, I mean, I'd want to, is it for my benefit or just like what ridiculous thing am I thinking of right now? Yes, that, that. What's the ridiculous thing you're thinking of right now? Um, so this is so, this is so weird. <laughs> There's this guy, right? Who says that he gets visits from angels. Where? Like they come and visit him. Like in his prayer no, time I mean, and stuff. Who says that? Yeah, who, where is he located? He's in Colorado. Okay. He's got a website. And okay. he, uh, he's been posting stuff talking about like the, the struggles that are going on in America right now. Okay. And he said that uh, our next president was not going to come from the political system. And You mean after Trump? No, he's been saying this since like last March. Oh, okay. And so he said that if on January 20th, Obama peacefully hands the reins to Trump, then he will disappear. He'll shut down his website and just disappear and say, I was completely wrong. I misread everything. I did not understand what I was told. But like, that's insane. I'm just waiting for January 20th to see like, what if? Like, if that doesn't happen, then that gives a huge amount of credence to what everything else that this guy's saying. And, like, people, when people start, like, saying crazy things, they never put specific dates on stuff because then they look like idiots because they're wrong every time. And he's like, if I'm wrong, shut down my website. And he's been a man of his word about everything else. So you are weird, though. You follow these, like, crazy Internet things. You at least pay attention to him, I guess I should say. Well, I mean, you know, Jesus says, um, you know, you won't know the day or the hour, but he also says to watch Wait. and pray. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it's like, well, we're not going to know the exact time, but we should, like, be listening. We're not going to be totally unaware. He says, look for these things, watch and pray. So, you know, I'm a fan so of tumultuous events. I watch trains go in my backyard. We watch very different things. <laughs> Or my puppy roll around in the grass. <laughs> my puppy decides to eat her own poop sometimes, and it's really gross. That is disgusting. You need to break her yeah. of that habit. Is it a her? Yeah, we, yeah, it's a her. We try, but we really don't try that hard. Hey, I will say that one of my friends texted me today, uh, French onion soup with a crying <laughs> emoji. <laughs> I had already forgotten about that, and I was like, I'm a terrible person. Yes, you are. I totally forgot about that. That is awesome. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, Father, what's going on in your world? Right now, I'm trying to figure out how to turn on my stupid camera because I keep... Yeah, it's really annoying over here to not be able to see your face. I keep trying to make gestures, and it's not working. Because I keep remembering after I make the gesture that you can't see me. You know, there's this, there's a chat dialogue open. You have chatted in it. All you have to do is type in there. <laughs> I know, but my first response is my hands. I'm a hand. Oh, <laughs> my hand speaker preacher guy. No, you're a bouncer. I don't bounce as much anymore. No. No, I've been working you on that for. Well, you widened your stance preaching. a little bit. I get you gotta wide it, and then you get a little bit staggered. Heel toe. It's the old football stance. <laughs> and I don't, I don't bounce as much. Well, we're excited you all are with us today. Um, we're going to get through these readings real quick. The first reading is Isaiah 7, 10 through 14. 
the second reading is Romans 1, 1 through 7, and the gospel is Matthew 1, 18 through 24. And we're going to get started. So, who wants to kick us off with, uh, Kev, I really liked what you were saying pre- before the show on Isaiah, so. Yeah, so in this story, the Lord comes to Ahaz and says, like, ask for a sign from me. Whatever it is, like, ask me for a sign. And Ahaz says, you know, I will not ask. I will not tempt the Lord. And he's citing Deuteronomy 6 here, like, oh, we're never supposed to test the Lord. Um, But he actually commits a bigger sin here because the Lord has invited him. He said, I want to give a sign. I want to do something wonderful. Ask me to be awesome. And Ahaz says, no, nah, I don't want to. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't want your sign. I don't want the things that you're doing. I don't need it. Like, I'm just going to keep being king and ignoring you. Because right now, Judah, who Ahaz is the king of, is, is just a mess. The, the country's a mess. They feel abandoned. And so Ahaz is like, I'm not going to tempt you. And God's like, are you kidding me? Like, you're, you're already wearing out my people. Like, they're so t- sick and tired of our, their leaders being terrible. Now you're going to wear me out? You're going to annoy me? Not a good choice, man. Not a good choice. So he's saying this out of pride, right, Ahaz? Yeah, false humility. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Father, what do you got on reading one? No, I mean, it's exactly what Kevin said. The thing to point out is, I think, um, reminding ourselves that all Scripture has an immediate fulfillment, that it was written for the people of the time. And so... While um, we have this prophecy of um, a virgin shall conceive, and it may be translated more accurately as like a young woman. It may not be um, a virgin in the technical sense of like Mary who's made a promise of virginity, um, but that would have meant something to those people at that time. Now, while it's fulfilled ultimately in Mary, um, but it would have had a, a full fulfillment at that time. Wait. And you, you had your hand up. Yeah, did you just say that Mary was not a virgin? No, I said no. Mary is, that this person, that the first person was fulfilled in may not necessarily. So, I, I actually Dumb read this. Down for me, Kev. I read this, and I thought it was heresy, because I found it on a random website, but it turns out he's right. So what he's saying is, is this, this prophecy, therefore the Lord himself will give you the sign, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. It yeah. is Christ. Like it says, Mary shall conceive. But the word, the Jewish word used here for virgin can also be translated as a young woman shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. And so he's saying that it is fulfilled immediately in their lives and then in the future in Christ. So the next king that comes for Judah is King Hezekiah. And Hezekiah brings the people back to the Lord. He institutes um, a sweeping religious reform, says you can only worship Yahweh. Uh, you cannot mm. worship anyone else um, and and brings the people back where as before with Ahaz and all the other kings before that they had been like worshiping all these other gods. And so Hezekiah comes and fulfills this immediately and, and brings the people back to the Lord. And then Jesus comes and fills it into its totality. Uh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I'm, I got real nervous there that you were speaking heresy there, Father. I'm not the one that does heresy on the podcast. That's I know. That's why it's going to be shocking. I'm the guy who does heresy. Which disappoints me that we're not together because it's National Slap a Heretic Day. I know. It is. <laughs> I was wondering when I saw your tweet go out today, Kev, I was like, I wonder if I should text Kev. <laughs> <laughs> I had someone commented on Facebook. They just started listing off every heresy of Arian, uh, Arius. 
And I was like, I just want to. It'd be so great. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google slap a heretic day. It'll be fun for you. <laughs> There's some good stuff right. out there. Hey, can we real quickly, we're going to get two different chances to talk about this, but I think it's interesting. So I texted Kev last week or the week before about this. How many prophecies uh, point did Jesus fulfill? Am I I'm asking anyone. Anyone. Somewhere between three and four hundred. Gee, at Christmas, that's a lot of them. All of and them. He, all of them. However many of them there are. <laughs> I know that he filled 15 on the day he was born. 15 on his birthday. On his day, on the day of his birth. So it's not like he could like get to like age 20 and be like, you know what? I think I want to be the Messiah. What do I need to do? <laughs> oh, shoot. I was what born in the wrong town. Dang gummit. <laughs> No, but he, he he nailed 15 in one day when he was like seven minutes old. So way to go. That was <laughs> that was a sight to see. <laughs> Don't call that the it. trail of tears. <laughs> oh, that, and my my screen froze on that shot. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> Kyle's breaking the internet. Oh, oh man. I, did, Father, you got anything? No, I lost any train of thought I had. (laughs) (laughs) Good, I'll let you take the second reading because I don't even know where to start. Father, take on the second reading. Um, So I want to point out, because this is one of those readings that's funny because it seems like you lose sight of the awesomeness and the happiness of Paul. This is Gaudate Sunday, so it's a Sunday of joy is what the the theme is. Hard pass. Um, That was last week. This is the fourth Sunday. Jeez, we're on the wrong week. Okay, so no, you are in the wrong week. I know, I we see. are in the correct week. Wait, have you been I looking know. at the wrong reading this whole time? No, I've been looking at the right one. It's just it's wrong in my head. Oh, okay. That's uh, what happens when we record several sure. weeks in the head. Sure. <laughs> I'm focusing on my homily for this upcoming week. So this is the week after joy. And <laughs> <laughs> that's why Paul's so depressed. Um, no, we're still getting ready for Jesus. So there's still joy involved, even though it's not good that day Sunday. Um, but he begins by saying, I am a slave of Christ Jesus, um, in our passage, which is actually how it starts this letter, is a passage of the first verses of his letter to the Romans. And it's a good reminder for us as we get ready to enter into the birth of Christ, because that's what we're going to have referenced in our gospel, and then of course the week after we're going to celebrate Christmas, is that Paul, when he says this, he's saying, I've given everything to Christ. I want nothing left in my life to focus on myself. And we see that he is imitating in a very real way everything that we're preparing to celebrate. That the whole Christmas feast, especially as we get to looking at baby Jesus in the, in the crib, is the complete self-emptying, the kenosis we've talked about before, which is self-emptying um, act of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is referring to. And because of that, he's sent out on this mission. He's been adopted by God. Um, so he's talking about the resurrection, the power that he has through that. Um, he's now an apostle, he's obedient, and it moves from the fact that he's a, a slave to the joy that he has. Um, and so he goes through all this stuff, and then it finishes with grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and now we're pulled into the body of Christ. So what should be our takeaway from this reading? I think it's about the gift that we receive. It's, it's how we respond, which is an imitation of Jesus and his gift of self 
but he gave himself to us to the point of death. We offer ourselves back to God. Um, but also the fact, I just had it, then I lost it, but that he claims this, I was going to quote it directly, oh, that we belong to Jesus Christ, which is a bold claim. It's the fact that we, we belong to God, that God cares enough that he claims this as one of his own. So it's what we receive when we offer our lives to him in service. Yeah, I like how Paul at the beginning, you know, says, I have been called to be an apostle and set apart for the glory of the gospel, uh, set apart for the gospel of God. And then later, it's that we have received the grace of the apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. So he first identifies that, hey, I've been given this gift. I've been set apart for the gospel of the Lord because of this and this and this. And then he says that because of Jesus, we have received the gift of apostleship. We are called to be disciples and that you know, we're not going to be uh, apostles and disciples in the sense that Paul was, where he was, you know, traveling the world and, and ministering, but we are all given, we are all set apart for the gospel by virtue of our baptism. And so we're called to go forth and announce uh, the good news in our daily lives. And as we draw nearer and nearer to Christmas, we have to have that same mindset of right now, I have to be, be living a life that is announcing that Christ is coming, both uh, that he came and that he is coming again. So, okay, this uh, kind of points to, well, it, not kind of, it, it, point, it is directly our mission, like what our mission is as Christians and as Christian Catholics. Like, we, yeah, that, that's really cool. I like this. It's like a rally, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like the, the captain leading them into battle. And I just, uh, I was just cry. talking to my high schoolers about this on Sunday. We're talking about prayer leading into Advent or leading into Christmas. And, you know, prayer, everyone always wants to know what their mission in life is, what they were created for, their ultimate goal. Um, but first, we have to know our identity in Christ, and that requires a relationship. And so many people go seeking a mission in life, a purpose in life, without first understanding who they are in God through building a relationship with him. And that's what Paul says here, is that he's built a relationship with God. He understands his identity. I'm an apostle. I've been set apart for the gospel. Mm -hmm. This is where I was called. And now I know my mission, and I can help other people find theirs. So at Prince of Peace, um, we have, you know, there's the new parish opening up in Olathe, John Paul II Catholic Church. And it's caused a lot of, like, weird logistical stuff for the staff members. But it's one thing it's done is it's opened our eyes, Prince of Peace staff members, it's opened our eyes to this idea that we as church, meaning those of us who work in the church, have not given mission to parishioners. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't invited parishioners into this mission to co-work with us. Like it, So a lot of parishioners look at the employees of the church and say, it's your job, you should be doing it. Yeah. When in reality, no, it's our job. We should be doing it. Definitely. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. And we've talked about that too, just the, the idea that, like the Mass, everything goes back to the Mass. That's the source and summit of our faith. But you begin by, or the Mass in a sense really starts, I mean, you enter into the mystery of Christ, you receive all those graces, but until you do something with it, you're not fully receiving the fullness of what God wants to offer you. And so when you, it's until you go back out and become an apostle, you start to go into the mission and, and take the stuff out there because the church staff and the priest can't do that themselves. We have to all work together. Yeah. So, Father, what do you see uh, as a pastor? Like, how do you see your role in sending out 
mission, sending out people in mission, and you can't default to the mass. Well, in a sense, I do. Because. <laughs> I said you can't. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's in a very real way, the only people that I can consistently reach are the people who come to Mass, the people who come to sacraments. So if they're not coming to Mass, they're not coming to the church for much anything else unless they need, uh, I don't know, they want to come and beg for money or something. Then I just send them to the other group in town that we put our money into. Um, but it's my job to feed those sheep through the sacraments, through the things that we offer at the parish, whether they're sacraments or they're the community building stuff, um, so they can go out to the world to do the good stuff. Now, I try to wear my clerics when I'm out in town when I'm going to the grocery store, when I go to the gym, people know that I'm the priest, in part because when I go, it's one of our people at the parish, a parishioner who works there, and so she always calls me father or padre or something. Um, but people are always going to be a little bit hesitant to talk to me unless they're really open. It's not going to be very often that the priest gets the opportunity to break those walls down. And so it's my job well, to feed my people so they can go out to the world and invite them in to have that conversation. Let me change that question then a little bit because I know what you're saying, but um, like, do you talk about the mission of, I can't remember your, Holy Angels? Holy Angels and St. John the Baptist and St. Yeah. Rose Philippine Duchenne School. Like, do you think if I asked your, uh, a churchgoer, a regular churchgoer, what the mission of the church, your church is, they would be able to answer? They'd hopefully be able to say something because I always mention some sort of active, go out and do something. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Um, let's move on to the gospel, because we've been recording for a while, surprisingly enough. Yeah, I can't read this time stamp. I don't know what 670 bars means. But. <laughs> I can't believe how bad you are at technology, Father. <laughs> it's not a full second, so All I don't right. know. Let's talk about the gospel. Kev, start us off. Um, so I love, I didn't even, you asked me to go on a rant at the beginning, and I ended up talking about a guy who gets a vision from an angel, right? And this is what's happening to Joseph here. And that's awesome, because I had not yet read the gospel. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to high-five myself real quick. Oh, man, that's good, that's good prep for this. Nailed it. Uh, I meant to get to the gospel, but I, got, I kept getting distracted by the first reading. Um, <laughs> so Joseph, like, you know, the Trinity hasn't been introduced yet. Like, no understanding of this. And an angel comes to him and says, the Holy Spirit has conceived a child. He has no idea what that means. Like, no mm. understanding. But an angel comes to him in a dream and says, do this. And he's just like, got it. Like, whoa. Mm. Like, that just is, like, blowing me away right now. Because he's just like, he looks at this. He, he thinks about it logically. He makes a decision. Angel comes, says, hey, this is, this is totally beyond your realm of understanding. Just do what I say. And he's like, sounds good. I can do that. Like, that's, that's awesome obedience. You know, Paul talked about the second reading, like having obedience. And, like, this is someone who just takes what the Lord says and just is like, got it. Cool. Doing it. It's beautiful. And we kind of know Joseph wasn't a smart guy, right? Like, the fact that he was working a trade, we know that he didn't really excel in, in knowing the scripture. I mean, he would have known it, but he would not have known that he was fulfilling a prophecy, right? Not likely if his response is to divorce her. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he probably would have known the stories, but he was definitely not a student of it in terms of, like, uh, 
the people we see encountering Jesus, or the high priest, or the scholars, or the zealots and stuff. Yeah. He's probably just your average mass goer on Sunday type guy. Don't you right, mean Father, uh, you got from this Sabbath on Saturday, Father? Jeez. <laughs> I, well, they also didn't have mass back then. It was a very loose analogy. Lord have mercy. Um, no, there's, I don't <laughs> There's a lot of beauty. And so, of course, like we talked about earlier, the, uh, that in Jesus and in Mary, we have the, the deeper and the ultimate fulfillment of the prophecy from Isaiah that's referenced here, um, which I think is awesome. And what I love here is the humanness or the humanity that you see in Joseph. And you can also mm-hmm. see it in Mary. Um, and it's just, but Joseph is like uh, my wife, because they're betrothed, which is the first step of getting married. They haven't come to live together. So it's sort of like be um, between when you say your I do's at the altar and before the wedding night, you know, if the couple's living mm-hmm. the way that they should live. And so Joseph's like, my wife is pregnant and I didn't do it. So. He assumes that he, she's cheated on. I mean, it would be your natural assumption. And you can get a glimpse into the wrestling that he would have gone through of how do I respond well. And he knows that if it's assumed that Mary has committed adultery, that she'd be put to death. So he wants to do it in a quiet manner. So we can still see his love and respect, if, despite the fact that he assumes or believes that he has been wronged and for legitimate reasons. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing to pray into because sometimes when we talk about the saints, we talk about the scriptures, we sort of hold up the loftiness of these things and we lose the fact that they happen to real people and that the stories of these people are um, we're, we're something that we go through in a very normal way. Are you getting distracted over there, Father? No. Oh. <laughs> then maybe you're breaking up worse than I thought he was. Well, hopefully this new recording thing so yeah, hopefully the recording it. thing works. As you were saying that, I was rereading those first couple lines, and and it just really struck me how you talked about like he like it's before they've started living together, and she's found with child through the Holy Spirit. Who who found out? Did she go tell him? Like how how was this just discovered? <laughs> hey, we're married. I'm pregnant. What's up? <laughs> like I don't I don't understand exactly. What's going on in this do, moment? Do you think she went down to the drugstore to get a pregnancy test, and that's how she found oh, out? Like, <laughs> I really hope I die before you. I want to see all of this stuff from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was impressed. I really like if you... Uh, okay, there's two different things. One, I think it's interesting. Mary was betrothed to Joseph. And then at the very end, the last line, he took his wife into his home. I think that's really cool, Father. You mentioned that. And then the last thing, and Kev, you kind of mentioned on this, is like Joseph is logical. Joseph is being logical. He's actually being very prayerful and logical about all this stuff. But sometimes being led by the Holy Spirit does not make sense. It's not the logical answer. It's not the right, or it's not what everyone else would say you should be doing. Um, And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Well, I think that's any part, you can see it, I think, in any part of the Christian message. I mean, it doesn't make sense, given especially the idea or the the sense that our culture is in right now for either of you to say, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this woman. I'm going to raise little kids, and they're going to be very demanding. That makes sense only in light of the gospel. Or for like a priest or religious to say, I'm going to give up the ability to get married. I'm going to give up the ability to choose where I live. To go back to our earlier conversation, I was sent out here. 
to give that up for the sake of following the gospel, that in a sense, looking just at the world, it doesn't make sense on immediate glance. That's why it takes time to discern these things to make sure it's true what God is asking of us. Or to give up your Sunday morning when you can sleep in just to go to Mass. I mean, that's not yeah. logical by worldly standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, Kim, you know, the, yeah. the, the aspect of it that I want to hit is that, like, you know, the, profo- the prophecy that's being fulfilled is, you know, naming him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And if we were to ever say something doesn't make sense, it's God coming to dwell with us. God coming into our brokenness and into our humanity. Um, that, that doesn't make sense. Like, for all intents and purposes, he should have just tossed us aside as soon as we said, we don't want you. But he, he kept coming back. Um, he put himself in this place of vulnerability as a baby and then vulnerability on the cross. Um, and that's like the ultimate, you know, doesn't make sense. Why? Yeah. 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 All right. We need a challenge. We need a, like a little challenge or a something before we wrap up here tonight, fellas. Ooh. I'm a Grinch. Go. So turn off your Christmas music and listen to I you can this sounds weird. You can Google Advent playlists. Listen to music for the last week of Advent that helps you get ready for Jesus. Don't celebrate mm. him before he gets here. Mm. Yeah. Father, what about you? I would say pray with the opening lines of Paul's letter to the Romans, especially with that I'm a slave of Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Um, and ask, are you living that out the way that you know you're called to live it out? That's cool. As well Fantastic. as receiving the stuff. So you should read several verses of receiving the good, but start with that. Mine is um, Joseph makes the decision to divorce Mary, and then he goes to bed, and then God co- comes to him. And mine is like what decisions are going on in our lives that we have not invited God into. Um mm. Yeah, so like where are we where what decisions are we trying to make that without seeking God's input first? So yeah, that's mine. Guys, we really appreciate you guys listening. Kev, Father, you guys have any final notes? I enjoy the last week of Advent or the last couple of days by the time this comes out and celebrate Christmas well. Uh, amen. And know to that, that that starts the party. Amen to that. What did you just say, Father? I said that Christmas Day starts the party. We're Catholic. Oh, we start yeah. partying. In. You guys realize when for, when this thing comes out, it's still a week. Christmas is still a week away, right? Well, if you get it out on time. Yeah, you usually put it out like on Wednesday. Yeah, but this is for the 18th. Yeah, and you usually put it out on Oh, Wednesday. he's right. It's a week and a half away. I obviously can't tell time tonight. <laughs> you guys are so bad at this game. You lose. I had one beer, so I'm basically worthless right now. I did seven <laughs> seven hundred and fifty emails a day or something. I don't know. I'm limited on that. Yeah, that's not a good excuse, Father. And it's my bedtime. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. Peace. God bless. All music on this podcast is written and played by Mike Needleman. Mikey is a diehard supporter of Ramblings and the Catholic Church. If you are interested in having him play at your parish or church, go to mmbank.com.